the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. When God looks at you and when God looks at me, he's looking to see if we have applied the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, to our sins and to our lives. He's not looking at what kind of person you are or how good you are, or how moral you are, or how religiously devoted you are. That's not what God is looking for. He's looking for the blood. What do you see when you look in the mirror? Do you see all your faults and failures, or do you see the promise of Jesus and the sacrifice God made for you? When you look at others, do you see them through a lens of judgment or one of mercy and forgiveness? Today, Pastor Dan encourages you to start training your eyes to see yourself and others as God does, to remember the sacrifice and the blood that was shed for you. Only then can you begin to appreciate the gift of life given to you and all who believe. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Exodus, chapter 11, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Verse 5, look what it says. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. And so the lamb was to be without blemish, without any kind of injury, a spot. When the Bible talks about a lamb without spot, a spot was a genetic defect, while a blemish was an external injury. In other words, the lamb had to be perfect and healthy, without spot or without blemish, a male of the first year. That means it has to be in the prime of its life, in the prime of its strength. So they were not allowed to offer a lamb that had a defect of some kind or an injury of some kind. They were not allowed to offer a lamb that was just old and of no value and was about to die anyway. And this lamb points to Jesus Christ. This lamb points to Jesus Christ. Paul says Christ is our Passover. Jesus is described as the lamb of God. The lamb God selected. To take away the sins of the world. And Jesus was without spot. He was without Blemish. There was no defect in him, no flaw in his life, no flaw in his teachings and his doctrine, no blemishes in his character. He was perfect in every way. He was altogether lovely. In first Peter chapter one, verse 19, it says we were redeemed from sin and death 
with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. We've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and he's like a lamb without blemish and without spot. There's no defect in him. And Jesus was in the prime of his life when he was crucified, in the prime of his strength. As Jesus said, his life was not taken from him. He laid his life down willingly for us. And the Israelites were instructed to select the lamb on the 10th day of the month. That's important. Verse 6 says, now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And so they selected the lamb on the 10th of the month and they kept it until the 14th of the month. And during that time, they could examine the lamb for any spot or any blemish or any defect to ensure it was a perfect sacrifice. Now, if you're taking notes, Jesus entered Jerusalem on the 10th of the month, on Palm Sunday, the week of Passover. And he was examined, he was questioned by the religious leaders for the several days leading up to his crucifixion on Passover. And the religious leaders questioned him to try to find a flaw, to try to find a blemish in his doctrine and to trap him in his words, but they found no flaw in him. His doctrine, his teachings were spotless. Even Pontius Pilate declared of Jesus, I find no fault in this man. So verse 7, after they kill it at twilight, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lentil of the house where they eat it. The lamb that was sacrificed was a substitutionary sacrifice, dying in place of those in the household. And the Israelites, or really anyone who was willing to obey God's instructions, applied the blood of the sacrificed lamb to the doorposts and the lentil of their house. And we'll talk about that some more in just a couple verses. Then they shall eat the flesh. Note that, eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire, with unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw, nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire. Its head with its legs and its entrails. Roast the whole thing. You shall let none of it remain until morning. And what does remain of it until morning, you shall burn with fire. In verse 9, he says, don't eat it raw. And you might think, well, duh. I mean, who would eat lamb raw? It's not exactly sushi. Well, the pagans in Egypt ate raw meat as part of their worship of their different gods. And so God says here, don't eat it raw like the Egyptians do or boiled in water. They were to roast the entire lamb over a fire so that the lamb is consumed by the fire. Fire speaks of God's judgment in the Bible. Jesus, the Lamb of God, took all of God's judgment 
for us on the cross. He was consumed entirely for our sins on the cross, your sins and mine. And when Jesus was on the cross, he cried out, it is finished. Not, it's a start. You take it from here. No, it is finished. The price is paid in full for your sin and mine by his sacrifice. Verse 8 says they were to eat the flesh of the lamb. We too should feed on the lamb, Jesus Christ. In John chapter 6, verse 55, Jesus said, For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. His flesh is food, spiritual food for us. We feed on Jesus Christ. Also in John chapter 6, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He said, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Jesus is the bread of life. He sustains us. He nourishes us spiritually as we feed on him. He's the bread of life. He's the lamb of God. We feed on Jesus, the lamb of God, who was sacrificed for us. It says they were to eat the lamb with unleavened bread. Leaven is what causes bread to rise. They will leave Egypt in haste and will not have time for their bread to rise. They will eat unleavened bread. Leaven in the Bible is a symbol of corruption or sin. The unleavened bread also points to Jesus Christ. Jesus was without sin. He was without corruption of any kind. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 21 says, for God made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus knew no sin. He was without sin. He was unleavened, if you will. And he became sin for us. He became our sin. When he was on the cross, all of our sin was put upon him. And he was punished in our place for our sin. It says so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. So all of our sin, everything we've ever done wrong was put upon Jesus Christ when he was on the cross. And the righteousness of Jesus Christ was put upon us. And on our account. First John chapter three, verse five says, and you know that Jesus came to take away our sins and there is no sin in him. There's no sin in Jesus. And that's symbolized here by the unleavened bread. Look at verse eight again. The Israelites were to eat the lamb with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. The bitter herbs reminded the Israelites of the bitterness of their bondage. In Egypt, the bitterness of their affliction as slaves. The bitter herbs remind us of the bitterness of our sin. The bitterness of the affliction caused by our sin. Sin is a cruel taskmaster, isn't it? Have you learned that in life? That sin always does you wrong and never does you right? And the bitter herbs represent the bitterness of sin. Look at verse 11. I love verse 11. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist 
your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste, eat it quickly. It is the Lord's Passover. They are to eat the Passover meal on this night, dressed with their shoes on, their walking staff in their hand, ready to go. Because God will deliver them that night and they will begin their journey immediately. Not tomorrow, not the next day, not sometime next week. They're leaving that night to begin their journey. And so too with us. When God redeemed us and saved us, he immediately called us to depart from our old life and to leave our old life behind and to follow him in a new life in Jesus Christ. Verse 12 says, For I, again the Lord speaking, I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. I am Yahweh. Remember Pharaoh's question in chapter 5? Who is Yahweh? I don't know Yahweh. Well, Yahweh has demonstrated who he is through these ten plagues. And Pharaoh will never ask that question again. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Now look at verse 13. Please tune in. Don't miss this. Now the blood, the blood shall be a sign for who? Say it louder. For you. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I, God speaking, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. This is where we get the name Passover. I will pass over you and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. The Lord says, the blood shall be a sign for you. Their trust and their hope was in the blood of an innocent lamb. And the blood was a sign for them. That blood was their assurance that God's judgment would pass over them. God says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. God was looking for the blood of a lamb applied to the doorpost. God declares that's what he was looking for. His judgment will pass over that house. And his judgment passes over that house in a sense because judgment has already come to that house through the sacrifice of an innocent substitute, a lamb. And God's looking for the blood of the lamb applied. He's not looking at the character of the people in the house. 
He's not looking at the goodness of the people that are in that house. He's not looking at the morality of the people in that house or the religious devotion of the people in that house. He's looking for blood. He's looking for the blood. And anyone could apply the blood of a lamb to the doorposts of their house and be saved. It didn't matter what kind of person they were. If they applied the blood, God's judgment would pass over their house. And listen to me. Give me your attention, please. When God looks at you and when God looks at me, he's looking to see if we have applied the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, to our sins and to our lives. He's not looking at what kind of person you are or how good you are, or how moral you are, or how religiously devoted you are. That's not what God is looking for. He's looking for the blood. And anyone can apply the blood of Jesus Christ to their sins and receive forgiveness and eternal life and escape God's judgment. Anyone can. You just have to apply the blood. You know, in Colossians chapter one, verse 14, it says we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Our faith is in the blood of Jesus Christ. Not his teachings, not his miracles, his blood. Our faith is not in the life that he lived. Our faith is in his blood. We're not redeemed through his teachings. His teachings don't save us. His life doesn't save us. We are redeemed through his blood that he shed for us on the cross. And his blood is a sign for us. It's a sign for us. That's why Jesus told his disciples and told us to take communion and remember his broken body that was broken for us and his blood that was shed for the remission of our sins. And as Paul says, as often as we eat the bread and drink the cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We proclaim the Lord's death through communion. We proclaim the Lord's death to whom? To ourselves. To ourselves. The blood is assigned to us. We proclaim to ourselves, I am forgiven and redeemed, not by anything I've done, but what he did for me. On the cross, my redemption is in his blood, not my works. Praise the Lord. In his blood, my hope is built on nothing less. But Jesus's blood and righteousness. So the blood is a sign for you and the blood of Jesus Christ is a sign for me. It's also a sign for us when we fail. When we blow it, when we fall short, when we mess up, the blood is a sign. The blood says to you and me that, yes, you failed, but all of your sins are removed by the blood. And it says in first John that as we walk in the light, the blood of Jesus Christ continually cleanses us of all of our sins. And so the blood is a sign for you. It's for me. So that when I fail, when I blow it, I know that, well, the blood of Jesus Christ paid for that sin. The blood of Jesus Christ removed that sin. It assures us of our redemption. It assures us 
of our relationship with the Lord. God is looking for the blood. That's it. He's looking for the blood. Have I applied the blood to my sin by faith? That's what he's looking for. Look at verse 14. So this day, Passover, shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Now, this is before the law is given at Mount Sinai, and the feast of Passover is established here as the first feast of of Israel. It's the most popular feast of Israel. It's mentioned in the Bible more than any other feast of, of Israel. And Jews all over the world today celebrate the Passover. Orthodox Jews, Reformed Jews, conservative Jews, liberal Jews, Jews everywhere celebrate the Passover which validates what the Bible says here. Because here the Lord God says that they're to keep the Passover as an everlasting ordinance. And they do. It validates the scriptures. Now going on here, the Lord gives instructions regarding the feast of Passover and the feast of unleavened bread, which is immediately after Passover. In verse 15, he says, Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, On the first day you shall remove leaven from your houses. For whoever eats leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. On the first day there shall be a holy convocation. And on the seventh day, the last day of the feast, there shall be a holy convocation for you. No manner of work shall be done on them. But that which everyone must eat, that only may be prepared By you. So the only work you can do on those days is preparing the food. So you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. For on this same day I will have brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations as an everlasting ordinance. In the first month, on the 14th day of the month at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the 21st day of the month at evening. For seven days, no leaven shall be found in your house, in your houses, since whoever eats what is leaven, that same person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he is a stranger or a native of the land. You shall eat nothing leavened, and all your dwellings you shall eat unleavened bread. And then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall notice verse 22. He gives us more details here in verse 22. And you shall take a branch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin. Note that the basin and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. So they were to sacrifice the lamb, apparently, right in front of their home, right on their doorstep, and catch the blood of the lamb in the basin of the front door. Now, the Egyptian homes at that time, they had a basin in the threshold of the door. They had a little basin there that they would fill with water so they could wash their feet as they were coming into their house. So where the threshold is located, there was a basin there. They were to catch the blood of the lamb in that basin and then take a hyssop branch to apply the blood of the lamb. It says on the doorposts or the sides of the door 
and on the lintel, which is the top of the door. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring sure than the finest crystal. Ring of Truth just brought you another great verse-by-verse teaching with Pastor Dan Sexton. Aren't you glad you stuck around to listen? We trust today's words touched your life in a very real and personal way. Pastor Dan has been staying in the book of Exodus with its stories of redemption and so much more. You don't want to miss a single episode. And if by chance you already have, just go to calvaryec.com to catch up. While you're there, check out our app to get other messages. Follow us on Facebook and iTunes, too. If you don't know that much about us or what we believe, make sure to visit the About tab. It will fill you in on what we're all about here. Are you in the Maryland area? Come visit us either Sunday morning or Thursday evening. Times can be found at calvaryec.com, so make sure to go there now. Meeting you face-to-face would be such a privilege. Our time with you has come to an end today, and so for now we say goodbye. But before we go, would you give us a call at 410-491-4592 and let us know how this program spoke to you today? Again, that's 410-491-4592. We always appreciate hearing from our listeners. Thank you from Columbia, Maryland, for listening to Ring of Truth. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.